I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. everybody, my name is Shauna and this is the American English Podcast. My goal here is to teach you the English spoken in the United States. Through common expressions, pronunciation tips, and interesting cultural snippets or stories, I hope to keep this fun, useful, and interesting. Let's do it. Hi, how's it going? In that introduction, you heard a bunch of little children reciting the Pledge of Allegiance in unison, and it was taken from the YouTube channel Miss Liberty, which you'll find access to within the transcript. So what is the Pledge of Allegiance? Well, a pledge is a promise. Allegiance means loyalty or commitment to something. The Pledge of Allegiance you heard in the beginning is what's commonly recited in the U.S. on a daily basis in many elementary schools in parades, memorials, sporting events, scouts, organizational meetings, and more. It's a promise to be loyal to the flag and everything that the U.S. flag stands for. In today's episode, we'll talk about the meaning of the American flag and how it's changed over time through the acquisition of new states. Before we get to that, though, let's begin with a joke. What happened when the red ship crashed into the blue ship? Do you know? The crew was marooned. <laughs> so do you get it? Well, when you mix the color red and blue together, you might get the color maroon, which is a dark red, kind of like crimson. To be marooned means to be left isolated on a piece of land, usually an island. When people are marooned, usually they have no hope of escape. They're left to die. So the joke one more time. What happened when the red ship crashed into the blue ship? The crew was marooned. So today's expression is show your true colors. Let's go through the definition of each individual word first. Show. Show means to display or make visible. Your. Your is a determiner. What is your name? True. True means accurate, fitting to fact or reality. So he's a true friend means he's a real friend. Um, the antonym for true can be fake when you're talking about friendship or maybe false when you're talking about information. Colors. Colors is a plural noun. There are many different colors in the rainbow. Red, blue, green, yellow, purple. These are all colors. Once again, the expression is show your true colors. And what's it mean? Well, it means to reveal who you actually are, what your character is really like. Let me explain. In life, we all meet people who deceive us, right? People who aren't like we expect them to be. At first, they may seem a certain way, and then after time, they show their true colors. They show who they really are inside. They let their real personality out. The origin of the expression, well, according to bloomsburyinternational.com, the idiom comes from the 1700s. At the time, it was common to go into battle on ships. Each ship needed to show their colors, in other words, the flag of their country, 
To trick the opponent, some sailors would hang the flag of a different country, an ally country, so that they could get really close to the opponent. Before attacking, they would show their true colors. They would show their real flag. They would show who they really were, and then they would attack. So here are a few more examples of how to use the expression. Example number one, and this is a little personal story. When I was in middle school, I was very, very good friends with this girl, Adrian. I considered her my best friend. And some of my other friends, strangely enough, told me that Adrian was a bad person, but I always ignored their comments. She had always been really nice to me. So it wasn't until we were in New York that she showed her true colors. We planned to hang out and she blew me off. In other words, she didn't come. I tried to call and she stopped answering. When we finally met up, she ignored eye contact with me and only looked at her phone and talked to her other friends. I confronted her about her strange behavior and nothing ever came of it. She showed her true colors. She showed me that in fact she wasn't as nice or considerate as I always thought she had been. Example number two. Imagine you won the lottery last year. Say you went a little wild with the money and bought a mansion on the beach. You also got a yacht on which you throw massive parties with the best DJs. And suddenly everyone wants to be your friend. So after one year, all of the money is gone. So you decide to sell your mansion and live on your yacht. The parties stop. You try and invite some friends over for small gatherings and hangouts, but no one shows up except for the friends that you had before you became rich. All of your new friends showed their true colors. They were really not interested in you. They were just interested in your money. Example number three, imagine that you are the HR director of a very important company. There is a vacancy for supervisor and you decide it's time to promote a current employee. Let's call her Karen. After a few weeks, you've received many complaints from others in the department. She barks orders, sends rude emails to everyone on the team. She makes the team bring her coffee. You realize that in this position of power, Karen showed her true colors. She revealed her true personality. All right, so now we're going to go ahead and do a listen and repeat exercise. We'll use the statement, show your true colors. Repeat after me, show. Show your, show your true, show your true colors, show your true colors, show your true colors. Notice that your sounds like your, your, when we read it quickly, show your true colors. Repeat after me. I showed my true colors. You showed your true colors. She showed her true colors. He showed his true colors. We showed our true colors. They showed their true colors. It showed its true colors. All right, that's it for this section. Let's begin with the fact of the day. Today we're going to be talking about the history of the American flag. And we'll also get a kind of a close look at history in general in the United States. So 
Hopefully I'll keep this interesting for you. So have you ever looked at a $1 bill? On the front and center of it, there's a man named George Washington. George Washington was the commander-in-chief of the American army during the War for Independence against Britain, a war that's known as the Revolutionary War. In one of the very first battles in 1776, George Washington ordered his men to place the Grand Union flag on his base at Prospect Hill in Boston. The flag had the 13 alternating red and white stripes that represented the 13 colonies that made up the United States at that time. In the top left corner was a smaller version of the British flag, also known as the Union Jack. Now, why would you want an image of your enemy's flag on your flag during a war for independence? It doesn't make sense, does it? The following year, in 1777, the U.S. made its first official flag. The 13 red and white stripes remained, and the Union Jack, or the British flag, was replaced by 13 white stars in a circular formation against a navy blue background. These stars represented a new constellation, a new United Nation, and an independent one at that. The U.S. won the war, and the first official states were Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Georgia, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maryland, South Carolina, New Hampshire, Virginia, New York, North Carolina, and Rhode Island. Each of these had a star on the flag. According to GrandNewFlag.com, red symbolizes hardiness and valor, white symbolizes purity and innocence, and the blue represents vigilance, perseverance, and justice. Whether the original flag colors were chosen because of what they symbolize is up to interpretation. Some say that the original red and white stripes were simply chosen to match the red, white, and blue Union Jack flag up in the corner. In any case, in 1818, President Monroe decided to add one new star for each new state added to the United States. And so over the course of about 200 years, well, up until 1960, another 37 states were added. So how did this go down? How and why did the U.S. become the 50 states we know of today? In short, negotiation and war. The largest acquisition the United States has ever had was from the Louisiana Purchase, which was made from France in 1803. So the U.S. bought, well, pretty much the whole central part of the United States, 828,000 square miles to be exact, stretching from the Mississippi River to the Rocky Mountains. And it was purchased, like I said, from France for $15 million dollars. Nowadays, that totals about $600 billion. Crazy, huh? Yeah, so actually all the U.S. wanted was New Orleans, but apparently, according to some of the sources I read, which I'll provide in the transcript, Napoleon, who was uh, ruling France at the time, decided to convince the United States to purchase all of the central territory so that he could use the money to wage war on Britain. Uh, the second purchase was the Gadskin Purchase from Mexico in 1854, and that's where we bought the southernmost part of Arizona and southwest New Mexico for about $10 million, which is about $230 million nowadays. And we did that to uh, build the Southern Pacific Railroad. 
The Alaska Purchase, which we bought for $7.2 million from Russia in 1867, uh, that was essentially to help us improve trade with Asia. Uh, the Southwest, on the other hand, uh, all the way towards California, Nevada, and those states in there, uh, were acquired by war and treaties. The Mexican-American War uh, led to a session which included land from seven states. States were not created right after land was acquired, of course. It took time to set up governments, to set up state boundaries, and get things running. That's why the American flag uh, was revised over such a long period of time. The last states to have stars on the flag were Alaska, despite being purchased almost 100 years before. And Hawaii, which is an island chain in the Pacific Ocean, only became a state in 1959. So that's it about the American flag. If you look online, you can see how it changed pretty much every few years in the past. Stars change position, the stripes change order. Um, it's just, it's fairly interesting to look at photos with all the changes in it. So when I was a kid, every single day we were asked to stand up and to face the flag. We were told to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. And the Pledge of Allegiance goes like this. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Every state essentially can decide whether or not they want their students to say the Pledge of the Allegiance in classrooms. However, no student can ever be forced to do it. Interesting, huh? Not really much else to say about it, except I think it's really funny that as six-year-olds, we were pledging allegiance to the flag. None of us knew what pledge allegiance meant. I personally thought pledge allegiance was one word <laughs> and uh, that we were talking about a republic for witches stand, witches, like those people with warts and brew potions. <laughs> anyway, is reciting to a flag strange? Have you ever wondered about the history of your flag? Do you know it? <laughs> Hope you enjoyed. Until next time, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the American English Podcast. Remember, it's my goal here to not only help you improve your listening comprehension, but to show you how to speak like someone from the States. If you want to receive the full transcript for this episode, or you just want to support this podcast, make sure to sign up to premium content on AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Thanks and hope to see you soon.